Hello and welcome to the Bang to Rights podcast. My name is Peter Murray. I'm a lecturer in multimedia journalism here at Manchester Metropolitan University. I'm joined today by my MMU journalism colleagues, Dave Porter. Hello, Dave. Hi, Pete. And by Jed, Jeremy Craddock. Hi, Jez. Hi, Pete. There's only really one story that we can cover this week. It's the publication of the report by MPs on the Digital Culture, Media and Sports Select Committee following their 18-month-long investigation into fake news and the Facebook Cambridge Analytica scandal. There there are some other things in the world of journalism and the courts, though, so we'll just have a very quick look around what's what's been going on this week. Dave, um, what, what have you been looking at? Well, I, I thought it was interesting that there was talk of uh, getting rid of sentences and lags of less than six months, which is yep. quite interesting uh, from the Justice Secretary, and um, because it, they don't work, <laughs> uh, and there's you know there's no point putting uh, and the figures clearly point to that. So, uh, as every hopefully every student knows that. Uh, Mags have limited sentencing powers, and uh, uh, but do probably jail quite a high proportion of people. So it'd be interesting to see how this plays out. And and Jess, what about you? Yeah, it just I saw um, an outcome of Ofcom have ruled on um, complaints against the BBC's coverage of Brexit and the uh, yeah. the referendum uh, following complaints by it was I think it was a cross party group of. Uh, leave supporting MPs who were saying that the reporting of Brexit had been uh, been biased uh, and sort of uh, against the Leave campaign and, and and Brexit as a whole. But Ofcom has said that the BBC Radio Four hasn't breached um, the Ofcom code on due impartiality. They sort of said that actually the, the coverage has been balanced and, and fair. Um, we sort of ties in with what we've been looking at in uh, media law and regulation, also in law and ethics as well with yeah, the level yeah. sixes. So uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you know, having worked at the BBC for a long, long time mm. on on issues like this and an election time, they're really pretty fastidious about mm. monitoring all of this stuff. And if you know, if one program <coughs> gets out of line a little bit, they they do tend to drag them back yes. fairly quickly. You know, there's an internal monitoring system that they use um, during. I mean, I guess the one of the issues. Um, that they have to look at is the the election period and mm. during that that notifying period they do have to keep mm. a very very careful watch yes, on it and I think yeah. one of the things that's happened subsequently is a sense I guess among some people with a grievance that the BBC has been more favouring remain than than leave um, yes but yeah. it's I think it's we will come to this in a little bit in, in a little bit when we have a look at something else but yeah it's, I suppose from the BBC's point of view, it's good to see that Ofcom has has kind of effectively cleared yes. them editorially of that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, particularly in the light of you know the sort of uh, there is a, quite a wide perception that the BBC is biased, and you see that levelled a lot at the BBC at the moment, don't you? But it's you know in, in a divided nation at the moment with Brexit, inevitably there's going to be those kinds of accusations levelled. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's yeah. a long running thing at the BBC that it's very often seen as the voice of the establishment because yes. you know it, it, it is the public service broadcaster of the of the nation. So I guess inevitably it will to some extent report more often what the government or what the establishment is saying just yes. in the, it's the nature of the beast really. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But moving on a little bit um, to that issue about kind of perceptions of the establishment and so on, I've been looking at um, a report that was published this week by the <coughs> Hope Not Hate anti-racist organisation, um, anti-discrimination organisation. Um, their report on uh, on changes in in the the kind of the environment about by, by far right organisations and. Uh, 
uh, anti-Semitic uh, opinion and so on um, around the UK called um, The State of Hate 2019. Um, the front cover, a very striking image of a, of a yellow high-vis vest hanging on a, on a coat hanger. Mm. Um, and that, I guess, encapsulates quite a lot of what's in the report, that you've got this resurgence of um, the yellow vest, so-called, um, James Goddard and, and the like mm. who've been demonstrating in Parliament and we will have to be very careful about what we say because there are two court cases pending in, in yes. his uh, yes. in, in his so um, so but but generally we, we have this this escalating attitude of, of a kind of violence on the streets and attempts to intimidate oh. all sorts of people but including journalists and including media workers Dave yeah. you've been looking at it as well you know. yeah I have it's interesting you know given what we're talking about with Brexit and in, just in Manchester this week we had the nationally um, uh, maybe national press about the, the poor guy and his son in Salford who had no black yes. stubbed on his, on his front door uh, and, fact, and one person has been charged with, yes, with that this, yes. this morning uh, and you know that sort of hateful um, presence is becoming uh, as you say Pete more visible we've seen James Goddard in Manchester um Every weekend seems to be some kind of demonstration, and in a way that you know is perhaps unthinkable, uh, unless you go back to the seventies. I mean, I, I did quite a lot of work with Hope Not Hate for three or four years. I was reporting views around the country to report from places like Stoke, and you know, um, you know, I often report in places like Thurrock, uh, and um, but it's it was interesting. It was a much more low level sort of. Um, the far right wasn't that visible. I suppose when I went to Stoke, there was a BNP, etc. But they never had that, um, you know, they felt like there was a visible presence or that they had society behind them or a section of society. And they were very still much, you know, under the covers. So it's interesting to see how they, that's changed uh, for the worse, you know, obviously. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned demonstrations <coughs> and so on, and there's a demonstration coming up on uh, planned on Saturday outside the BBC in, in Salford, um, and that's over uh, an investigation the Panorama programme is, is doing into into mm. Tommy Robinson, Stephen Yaxley Lennon, um, mm. uh, and the, the, there are legal restrictions around that as well. So there's not very much that we can say about it, except that it it does exemplify the the kind of targeting of the BBC, which we we're talking about um, just a moment mm. ago, Jez, and. Mm. The BBC being seen um, by some people as kind of the symbolic presence of, of the establishment and mm. the establishment voice across the media. Yeah, and I, the th the thing I found interesting about about that report is is the focus on the the rise of the alt right yeah. in the media, and and how the, a lot of the alt right seems to be playing the uh, free expression card. Yes. We're we're the only section of the political uh, spectrum that's really speaking out on behalf of free expression and free speech mm. um, saying that the far left actually isn't doing much to sort of protect that that right really um, whether they're hiding behind that as a bit of a bit of a cover I don't know but uh, it's in there was an interesting case uh, just last week, I think, from Ipso, um, about, I think it was Britain First, I um, complaining that they'd been labelled far right. And, uh, you know, Ipso said it wasn't a breach, it was a, they clearly are a far right party. But I think it's interesting that the, the, the terms of discourse that has been adopted by, mm -hmm. you know, here you have a, clearly a far right organisation objecting to being labelled far right, going to a press regulator, mm -hmm. uh, the press regulator thankfully coming down in favour of the, the news organisation, but uh, we're living in strange times where mm -hmm. these different factions are trying to carve out an ideological space uh, and uh, a gay media presence. And obviously see the far right tag as 
um, you know, uh, as a discrimination. Yeah, one of the things that I found quite shocking about in the report was the number of um, far-right alternative media outlets that there mm. are. Um, I mean, for, for Hope Not Hate, who've been covering this for some time, it's not, it's not news to them. But I think that idea of um, kind of... that people setting up their own media outlets mm. is something that's kind of familiar uh -huh. in, in other areas, but less so in that kind of political context. So mm. the uh, under Jeremy Corbyn, there have been a number of, of left-wing organisations, left-wing um, out, outlets have set up, um, Novara Media being one of them, Squawk Box being another, um, but there seems to be quite a plethora of, of these far-right organisations setting up and using YouTube or whatever um, and mm. uh, as, as an outlet for all of this, mm. and quite a lot of it bound up with kind of conspiracy theory um, kind of outlets as well, so kind of interlinking with that and the occult and Satanists and mm. so on. So yeah, kind of it, it's certainly opened a window onto a onto a media world that I was really not that yes, aware of. Yeah, and it, it sort of brings us back to the whole idea of fake news and you know the challenges of verifying and you know information that we're using, which again brings us back to the. Uh, the report this week as well so uh, yeah exactly yeah. so um let, let's kind of move on to that but before we do if you have a comment on today's podcast or any of the issues that we've raised around the hope not hate report or the the issues that we're going to be talking about around the dcms report please let us know on twitter at rights bang but back then to the that main story on bang to rights this week the dcms report we will spend some time in just a moment unpacking some of the details but here's what the chair of the committee damien collins had to say on monday when the port was re released about what he wanted to see happen next. It's time for a radical overhaul in our relationship with big tech companies. For too long, we've let them live in a world of self-regulation and non-compliance, and it's citizens who are the victims of that. That's why in our report, we're recommending the most robust system of regulation on content online we've ever seen. I believe the UK can be a world leader in content regulation. We should have statutory powers to act against companies like Facebook when they fail to act against harmful content. People should know what their rights are too, what they can complain about and what they should expect from the tech companies. There should be clear sanctions in law for companies that don't comply and an independent regulator to oversee the whole process. That's what we're recommending. I hope the government will support these recommendations and act on them when it publishes its white paper on online harms. Now, listeners will probably remember that a key point in the committee's investigation came around this time last year when the Observer and Guardian journalist Carol Cadwallader published the first of a series of pieces exposing the links between Facebook and data which had been mined by the consultancy firm Cambridge Analytica. It opened the doors in a world that could have inspired spy movies, but it wasn't fiction. Reacting to the DCMS report, Facebook said it has and always will continue to work under laws and regulations in each country relating to that kind of data. But Carol Cadwallader told CNN that she didn't find Facebook's statement credible. Well, I find that quite an astonishing response from Facebook because many of the laws were actually in place and it deliberately set out to break them. That's what the evidence of the report is saying, that there, we had laws and it broke them. So I, I find that um, a, a curious answer from Facebook. And as to whether the British government will respond, that's to be seen. I certainly hope so. One of the things in the report is made very clear is that our electoral laws simply don't work in this new age of digital campaigning. It says they're not fit for purpose. And then there's a third aspect of the report, which is very interesting, and that's where it, the report calls out 
foreign interference in British elections. And it calls out the government for being completely silent on this subject. And it's calling for an, an independent investigation into all elections in Britain since 2014. I think that's very significant. I think the government is going to try and want to dodge answering questions on that. I really hope that MPs don't allow it to get away with it. Carol Cadwallader there on CNN. Now, only 24 hours before the DCMS report was published, Carol reported in The Observer that a former Cambridge Analytica staffer, Brittany Kaiser, was being called to appear before the Mueller inquiry in the US into links between Russia and Donald Trump's presidential campaign. Now, Brittany Kaiser was one of those who appeared before the DCMS inquiry in the House of Commons. It's worth listening back to some of her long testimony to MPs last April, because it gives us an insight into the really complicated web of contacts and data exchanges that were going on between political parties and campaign groups here and in the United States. When we first started talking to Leave EU, they did not have much data to speak of because it was very much in the beginning of the campaign. Um, so in parallel, we were in talks with the UK Independence Party where we believed that their membership data would be um, quite indicative of individuals that were interested in the UK leaving the European Union. So it was decided that while um, Leave EU did not possess much data, that we could begin with an engagement for the UK Independent pa Independence Party. And we did. We took receipt of their membership data and of survey data. It was a survey amongst their members of different reasons why people might be interested in the UK leaving the European Union, what those benefits or consequences might be. Uh, so that survey data was matched to the membership data and used to make a model. Um, out of that analysis, we found five different personality types. So that's uh, Brittany Kaiser speaking to the DCMS inquiry, kind of halfway through their investigation. Now, in the report, one of the standouts there was a diagram submitted to the submitted to the inquiry by the other main Cambridge Analytica whistleblower, Chris Vickery, which he says shows that web of connections between the Brexit campaign via what he calls the database of truth to Donald Trump's campaign. Um, there's a, a copy of that image on, on our, ironically enough, our Facebook page, the MMU Journalism <laughs> Facebook page. But um, Dave, Jez, what, what struck you um, most forcefully about the report, do you think? Uh, I think the timing of it was, was excellent, given the fact we had Cone Cross last week. Yeah. Um, there's obviously really key intersection points there. I think generally it's pretty hard-hitting. Uh, for me, what stood out was uh, the fact that they, um, that they want to hold um, publishers accountable. You know that uh, there should be legal liability for harmful content yeah. from people like Facebook uh, mm -hmm. and social media platforms. Whereas actually, uh, Kern Cross last week said um, they shouldn't be held legally liable. Um, mm -hmm. they, they they wouldn't see that as a way forward. You know, for example, for defamation or contempt or uh, revealing anonymous anonymity or, or in, of course harmful content. Um, in fact, there is some liability anyway for harmful content, but that tends to be from under the Communications Act from people who those who send and post. Yeah. So I think that's a really interesting new development, and obviously it, it comes down to that key point of are you a publisher, are you a platform, 
are you legally liable? And I, but I think you know. And it, they're it, now talking about trying to get some sort of middle ground between the yes. two, some kind of mm. publisher platform yeah. thing, which yeah. then would would potentially become liable. Well, for, that's uh, right. And if they're looking at the Germany model, and which I think is really interesting yeah. about uh, being able to issue fines for non-compliance if they if they don't mm. take down harmful material. And I thought it was quite an, an interesting uh, little fact that uh, because of the Germany uh, example, in Germany, for example, one in six, I think it is, or one in eight of uh, Facebook's moderators uh, reside yep. there. Uh, and mm. and so it just shows how seriously when threatened with government uh, regulation that suddenly the, you know, fangs, the big Facebook, Apple and Google uh, may, may turn around and start taking notice. So, yeah, then uh, they start kind of overriding the algorithm by actually getting human yeah, beings involved yeah. in editorial mm. work. I, I think, you know, it talks about extension of privacy protection, uh, the effect of fake news on elections, you know, mm. obviously given Brexit, yeah. the new regulator, new code of ethics, uh, individuals' right to data held upon them. Uh, they call them, you know, what was it... Uh, Digital gangsters, pretty yeah. hard hitting stuff. It, that, it, yeah. It's how that's um, you know put into practice. That that was the point I was going to, I was going to, to raise about the the terminology within the uh, within the report. You know, hard hitting, mm. uh, calling them di- you know, particularly Facebook digital gangsters. Um, and you talked about the timeliness of it. This has been very timely for our students because we we were looking at uh, regulation of the internet just before reading week or lack of regulation. Mm. But I think talking now about um, a regulator for these tech giants I think is is significant isn't it really yeah I mean it's been really interesting the take up of it not <coughs> just here I mean here it's quite interesting because apparently this is the most downloaded and read report on the parliamentary website this wow. year <laughs> only two months in but that's still some achievement from not, what not is re- a relatively obscure um, yes. committee or used to be a relatively obscure yes. committee in, in parliament and parliamentary mm-hmm. procedure but also it was interesting for me looking at some of the coverage in the United States um, mm-hmm. so I, you know we had CNN there um, but also some of the more general coverage by sister organizations if you like journalist organizations and think tanks and university departments in the US they were particularly focused on Facebook mm-hmm. because I think there is still this uh, mm-hmm. and we discussed this a couple of episodes with with, with one of our colleagues from Texas Texas Tech University how Facebook has this kind of immunity because there's this laissez-faire market-led mm-hmm. system in the United States and so it's mm-hmm. interesting that we've got what's happening with Germany what's happened in France and they ref- mm-hmm. refer sure. to them in the report and then the prospect of that happening here here, a kind of policing of, of uh, Facebook and the other giants. That but that I wonder if there's a, a European culture where, yeah. you know, we, we've missed out on that, the Anglo-Saxon, you know, kind of uh, unwillingness to, to impose uh, like legal sanctions or to regulate, mm. whereas, you know, the continent, for example, much stricter privacy laws, and much a, a greater willingness. So I think there's a lot to learn from. Mm. Um, interestingly, as we depart in the next five weeks, whatever it is, yeah. Uh, Hey ho! I'm saying nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but I We're think one of yet. the other things that is interesting. So we, we've seen this. I think uh, the Cairn Cross review. I think referred a little bit to it. But the the um, testimony to the committee earlier, towards the end of their hearings, from the um, electoral. Um, commission into online advertising and political mm. advertising mm. in particular. Um, I think the you know the the evidence from Brittany Kaiser and others um, to the committee about how that web worked uh, and how it was used to kind of cut through political advertising uh, 
restraints and the fact that they were making payments to one another, the parties sure. were making payments to one another which weren't disclosed because it was technical stuff, they said. It wasn't, it wasn't advertising funding, and yet, actually, it was part of their political campaign. So it looks like the, the committee's report may, may kind of kick a, a, a new legislative program or perhaps new statutes governing how elections are funded. And well, I think so. There was a, quite a hot-hitting letter in The Guardian from the uh, policy chief uh, at the Electoral Reform yep. Society saying now is the time to act. It's too late to you know, to keep pondering over this. Um, mm. This is a situation that's happening now and imperiling democracy. And I don't think you know many people uh, recognise this, but it's up to the legislators to really get a grip on this. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I think we, we got the impression, certainly from the, the Electoral Commission, when they gave evidence that there is a kind of public appetite for this because because of what happened during the Brexit referendum and because mm. of the, the really sharp increase in um, the use of online campaigning uh, and mm. during election periods and online advertising rather, um, that the kind of misconceptions, misunderstandings and so on, that that really, really needs to be cleared up. And I mean, one of the other interesting things, again, going back to Brittany Kaiser's testimony, um, which is like almost a year ago, she started out as a campaigner working on, on Barack Obama's campaign, um, which she described as being the first ever political campaign to use social media. And mm. that's in 2008. And mm. look how far we've come in, yeah. in 10 years. Yeah, it's scary. Quite scary. So um, the, the, the committee report specifically talks about online harm and they look ahead to a white paper from the government, which uh, ministers have said is going to come out, I, I guess, in the next couple of weeks. So we are in the middle of a what looks like it may be a whole change of kind of political and, and uh, legal, legal um, culture. Definitely. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so we'll leave it at that. I'm certain we'll come back to it. When that white paper's published, we will come back to that, I'm, I have no doubt. So, uh, But that's about it for Bang to Rights um, for this week. Uh, as usual, before we go, Dave, Jez, what's coming up for the students? We've just covered copyright today with the master's students, and I think later on we're going to be looking at inquests. Is that right, Looking at inquests with the level fives, some media law and regulation, yeah, how to cover those and... Uh, what to watch out for and uh, next week for level sixes I think we're looking at uh, protected classes you know reporting yep. race and religion yep. that sort yep. of thing yeah yep. good and uh, well for the first time I can actually mention our, the first years the level four students because we, we, we're doing a sequence of stuff on politics at the moment and we're going to be looking at the DCMS report in in a lot of detail um, mm -hmm. next week so uh, the first years can look forward to all of that. I hope Fantastic. you enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> Baptism of fire. Yes. Yeah, so, you, you will enjoy it. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> we have been Bang to Rights. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Jess. Thanks, Pete. Thanks, Pete. And uh, remember, you can subscribe to Bang to Rights on Apple Podcasts. As usual, you'll also find us on Stitcher, or you can search for Bang to Rights on the MMU Northern Quota SoundCloud feed. That's all one word, MMU Northern Quota. Please leave us a rating. It helps spread the word and helps other others find us. You can tweet us at RightsBang, follow us for updates about the podcast and cases and stories we're following from the courts and the news. Do let us know if there are topics or issues from the lectures or from your reading which you want us to consider in future editions. In the meantime, thanks for listening. We'll see you soon. A bit of stumbling and mumbling over <laughs> there, okay. but anyway, I think we got through it. I yeah. was just yeah. thinking, Pete, as you're talking there, your outtake, is that um, as I'm trying to push the word on Northern Quota. Yeah. Maybe at some stage you could say, and for actually for those of you who don't are wondering why we're called Northern Quota, yeah. actually go and visit our fantastic website and uh, which is produced by the students, for the students, X, Y, and Z. Um be a great plug actually for the for Matt and his uh, you know, for us. Okay. Do you know what? I'm gonna leave that in.
We'll just oh, leave right. that. We'll just leave oh, that right. plug okay. in. Yeah, so, yeah, great. Well, do, have, do have a look. At, <laughs> do have a look at the Northern Quota. Yeah, right. um, we've got. I mean, we've got a huge range of stuff going on there. So the, there's a, a number of the reporters today. Yeah. We're recording on Thursday lunchtime. A number of the reporters today are are heading out to cover the um, reclaim the night. Yes, but live, March, live um, in, in Manchester, uh, kind of uh, an annual an annual event and uh, very. You know, usually a fairly joyous um, occasion, even mm. though it's a serious subject. Yeah. Um, but so our teams will be out reporting on that. So look out on the website for that. Dude. But there's a whole range of coverage. We've got a new gaming editor uh, on the website yeah. as well, Callum Lane, who's covering gaming mm. and computer games and, and the whole culture around that. So a huge breadth of stuff from politics and sport um, and, and everything. So um, that's uh, the, the Northern Quota. And uh, yeah, do have a look. So that's that really is it for Bang to Rights <laughs> for this week. So um, thanks for listening. We'll see you soon.